0: that people understand and appreciate their story and
1: what that's like. Hello and welcome to the Teach Me In 20 podcast. I'm Karis Ryan and this is the podcast where I get to chat to someone each week and learn from their experience, whether they're doing something really cool with their work or they've experienced something that they can pass on and share with the rest of us. And this week I'm chatting with Ginger Berg. Ginger has been part of the foster system for over seven years. She's got three biological children and she's adopted two children through her foster care journey. She's now publishing a children's book which shares all about her family's journey and experience through the foster care system. It's all about sharing the stories of foster care kids and also, she says, highlighting the importance her biological children have had in creating such a welcoming environment for her foster care kids. If you enjoy the chat, show it some love, make sure you subscribe to the Teach Me In 20 podcast and leave a review while you're there if you're enjoying it. Every review you make helps people find the Teach Me In 20 podcast so you'll be helping me out in the process. Here's my chat with Ginger Berg. everyone, welcome to another episode of Teach Me in 20. I'm Karis Ryan and joining me today, she's been a foster parent for seven years and she's publishing her own children's book all about her family's journey and experience with foster parenting and adoption. Ginger Berg, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, it's sort of that time where I feel like in the world, everyone's sort of getting a smaller family and yours is just growing and growing over the years. What, was there a driving factor with you and your partner choosing to do foster, foster care?
0: Yeah, it actually kind of came out of nowhere. A good friend of mine has adopted numerous times. And one time she was sharing with a bunch of us women at church. And it was like out of nowhere, I just knew I was supposed to adopt. And it was interesting. So when I told my husband, I was like, I think we're supposed to adopt. His initial reaction was, no, I don't think we are. Like, I don't get that at all. <laughs> And I was like, okay. And I wasn't going to push it because, you know, I, I didn't want it to be where I was wanting it. And he wasn't because that's not it's adoption and foster care is just too hard to not be both hundred percent in. Um, but just a few months later um, he came home uh, from church one day and was just like, you're right. I know we're supposed to adopt. And at that moment on, um, we started working towards adopting. And so it's it's kind of cool how that happened.
1: Yeah, wow. So you've, because you've also got two biological children of your own. Um, so that was after you've adopted first? So actually, um, we had three biological kids before we started
0: fostering and adopting. So our youngest one was two when we started the process.
1: Yeah. So how does that go... I guess having a child come into your already existing family dynamics, how does that go for, uh, the child coming in and also your, your children that are already there? Well, it's
0: definitely unique and I have amazing kids because they're willing to love everybody. Like when they come in, I mean, it's just like, Hey, come in our house so we can love you. And so that's been really amazing. And I think it's made it a smoother transition. Um, Like, I think if any of our kids were not willing to do that, I don't know if we would have fostered yet because I want to make sure that kids coming in really do feel welcome and loved and, you know, wanted. And so my kids always made that really easy, which is amazing. Um, It is really hard. You know, obviously, the different kids coming in have different levels of trauma and different paths on what's happening to them. But no matter what and no matter how dysfunctional their family is, you know, every kid just wants to be with their parents, even when it's not healthy. And so I think it's always going to be hard when they're with a family that's not their parents. And, you know, every kid reacts differently to that and depending on, you know, what they've been in. And it also depends on how different we are from, you know, their birth family. It can be quite a culture shock depending on, you know, we have different ways we do things and, you know, it's like we eat different bread or, you know, like all these little things can start to add up and they start to just be like, I just want something like it used to be. And so you definitely have to help them and kind of try to find ways you can do things the way that they've done them and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. What are some of the challenges that these children that you're fostering face, I guess when they're coming into your family, like are they, is it a smooth transi- transition, pardon me? Um, yeah, I guess for people that are looking to adopt, what can they sort of expect in the early stages?
0: Um, a lot of that depends on the age of the kiddo, you know, that they've come to live with you because we've fostered, you know, everywhere from an infant, you know, to a, I think, 11-year-old. So obviously there's going to be a difference there. But I think making them feel safe and welcome and you know comforted obviously makes the transition smoother but in all of the kids we've noticed there's like this time where you know we we say the honeymoon's ended like it's they start to test you a little bit more and they start to fight back on things a little bit more and so during that time it's just that being consistent and firm but also loving um in that depending on the kid, oh, is kind of how long that kind of rough spot is. So, I mean, it's different, but sort of similar to marriage, you know, like first everything's great and everybody loves everybody. And then it <laughs> starts to get kind of hard and you have to kind of push through that and be there for each other through that. And so, I mean, and, I don't know about you but like when I got married it was like oh you do things different than me that's weird like I wouldn't do it like that and it can be like that way with families too with the kids coming in because they're like that's not how my mom did it and you know that kind
1: of thing yeah do you find you're more disciplinary to your biological kids to the foster kids or other way around for the,
0: yes I think so no I think I am because I feel like, no, you know better, like, you know, we don't do that. But, you know, there's definitely I don't let I try to be pretty, pretty similar in my expectations. But there are certain things that I I realize that I have to be a little bit different just because of, you know, what they've been through and stuff like that. And especially at the beginning, yes, we teach them, but we also have to do it with more kind of grace and forgiveness because they're not used to it.
1: Yeah, how long, I know this is, it would vary from case to case, but how long are the children in your care for? Um, so we've had them anywhere from two weeks
0: to a year, um, or obviously the ones we've adopted, it's been longer than that, but that's like between two weeks and a year when they like leave the house. And so the one that we had for just two weeks, we actually knew going into it, it was gonna be pretty short. Um, he had some family that wanted to take him in, but they they just didn't have the house ready and safe yet. So we had him just for that in-between time, um, just to kind of, it was almost sort of like a babysitting, like have fun with them. And then we were able to get him back to his biological family where, you know, where they, they were able to take care of him and stuff. And then we've had kiddos up to a year, um, as well so and that's probably the hardest when they leave because you know for a year you've been you know mom to them and so that's that's the part that i think is the hardest and that you have to be okay with getting your heart broken if you're gonna do foster care and like know that you need to attach to them in order for them to heal and then you have to just be like okay my heart's gonna break but this is what's best for the kids and so
1: yeah. yeah, I think that's that, the hardest part. I was. That's what I wanted to ask as well. Is it h- hard to say goodbye for not only you and the child, but does it all, I mean, you've been a foster parent for seven years now, does that goodbye get easier or is it still really hard? I think, I
0: mean, I think it depends on the situation, but it's still really hard. Um, when they're going to a healthy situation that you're excited for, it's a lot easier. Um, when you're worried about the situation they're going into, that, that makes it a lot harder, um, I would definitely say that. But I don't know if it's really necessarily easier or harder because it so depends on the situation.
1: For, there's often been a bit of a stigma around foster kids that they can be a bit of a handful um, and behavioural issues. What do you say to parents who are hesitant about being a part of the foster care system?
0: Well, I would have to say there's definitely going to be a lot more trauma that you have to help the kids heal from. And so you will not be able to always parent them the same way you will your own biological kids. And you need to, I think, educate yourself on those differences because it will help with a lot of you know, those issues of, whoa, what's going on? Because you can kind of help understand what it is that triggers them. Also, every kiddo has had different trauma and will react differently so you know like one of my adopted children has a lot more behavior outbursts, but she also went through a lot more trauma and was a lot older you know than my other kiddo and so it it's definitely not a like every kid is going to act out like this but I do think those are the ones you hear the stories about um you know because the the one that's just a well-behaved kid, usually people don't talk about them, unfortunately. And so, but I would say definitely educate yourself on just trauma and um, make sure you know kind of how to help the kids through that, because that will make it definitely easier when those situations come up. And just know it's going to be, it's going to be hard. I mean, it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done, but it's also been one of the most rewarding. So. Yeah.
1: Is there support, Ginger, out there as part of the foster care system for parents to, I guess, speak to social workers or people that can give them guidance on how to help kids that have been through traumatic experiences? There definitely is some support. And I have found for myself,
0: I've actually just kind of surrounded myself with people that have done foster care and adoption as well. I've been really lucky that in my community, there's a lot of us. And so we've actually kind of formed on a little support group as it were to like help each other through things and like maybe we've had a similar situation with one of our kids and we can be like, okay, I tried this, have you tried that? Or this therapist has been really, really good for my kid. Have you, you know, looked at maybe using them? Um, but definitely giddy my social worker that we had when we were fostering was absolutely amazing. And she helped us find support and resources unfortunately i've had some friends where theirs maybe weren't as good so it's kind of hard because some of that depends on the workers that you have but there are just some amazing social workers out there like the one that we had i don't think i could have done you know the journey without her for sure
1: yeah i we touched on it just then but you said it's been a very rewarding experience we've talked about a few of the challenges but what has kept you going in the foster care system for so long and what has yeah been the most rewarding part um man i think so we're
0: currently taking a little break i feel like i should say since we adopted our oldest one because of some of her behaviors and trauma we feel like to help her heal we need to have some stability but i think continuing on and like how we've been able to do it is just reminding ourselves of all of those little successes that you get along the way and kind of looking at those. And, um, so to be totally honest, there's always days where I look at my husband and I'm like, I I don't know if I can do this another day. Like, this is just too much. This calling is too hard and so thankfully usually my husband and i don't hit that at the same time because then we can remind each other like this is why we do it you know this is what we've seen happen so having someone that reminds you of the why is how i can you know how you can get through that and just seeing the growth of the kids i mean like for instance our um, older adopted daughter if we see kind of where she's come in the last three years. I mean, it's, it's, she's like a totally different girl because she can communicate and talk through things and, you know, she's willing to trust people, you know, like all of those things. And so I have to remind myself that of those things when it gets really, really hard.
1: Yeah. Do they speak to you about how far or do your eldest as well? Does she sort of, realize how far she's come is she able to sort of look back and go oh this is where i was and thanks to you guys this is where i am today
0: i think so So not always but sometimes you know we will help her to see that like when she's feeling discouraged you know herself we can be like well remember when you first came to live with us these were the things we were having to help you deal with and you don't have to deal with those specific things anymore so i mean yeah now we're dealing with these new things but we've, you know, we've come so far. And that's one thing um, that I try to not only just remind myself, but remind her also. And um, yeah, and it's so funny because she's the first one who will like write me like a little note, like I'll find a little like, I love you mom note in my lunchbox. And like, you know, like she just will do all those things that just, I don't know, that's the stuff that makes it just worthwhile when you realize like, you know I get to be her mom and she values that and she appreciates that and you know she really she loves the fact that she knows every day when she comes home you know we're here and we're not going anywhere even on days when she kind of wishes we would go away because we're knowing her you know it's like no we're here forever
1: you're stuck with us so <laughs> do the kids have a say as well in terms of is there ever a time and it's probably not your experience but where the child Uh, the foster parent goes to adopt the child, but the child says, no, actually, I don't want to. Does that ever happen? I'm just really curious. Um, We
0: actually have some friends that had something similar to that. Um, The kiddo felt like being adopted was somehow kind of betraying his birth family, and he chose to just continue to live with them, um, but not get adopted, kind of age out of the system. But I mean, our oldest one was old enough that you know we asked her we're like do you you know you're old enough to tell us like do you want this to be your forever home um and we we asked her a few times like after she had lived with us for a while to be like okay so now that you know kind of how we live and like this is the expectations we have and you know this is what you know you can get from us and is this still what you feel like you want just because we didn't want her to feel like it was out of her control or like oh my goodness i'm stuck with this family forever and i don't even like them so we made sure that we you know we kind of gave her outs along the way if she wanted like we let her know we're in this like we want to adopt you and we want this to be forever but we also want to know that you are happy with this um, before we do it yeah can i ask how old is your eldest um, so my oldest biological son is 13, and then our oldest adopted daughter is also 13. They're actually only six months different in age, um, so that's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, uh, and your other adopted child, how old was were they when you adopted them? So my little guy
0: was two when we adopted him, but he started living with us when he was four months old. So we're pretty much the only family he he really knows so we kind of have both ends of the spectrum as far as like adopting out of foster care like we have one little guy that doesn't really remember anything before us and then we have our older daughter that remembers a lot of yeah. life in situations before she came to live with
1: us so can I ask as well Jinja obviously you've foster cared uh, a lot of children why I guess, did was those two children then adopted into your family? Is there any, uh, you know, deciding factor of when you're, yeah, making that decision? Uh, it really comes down to the,
0: the initial goal in foster care is always to reintegrate with family if it can be safely done, if the family can take care of them. And so, you know, and a lot of the kiddos, um, they end up going to live with their family. Now, for us, a lot of it was more aunts and uncles and grandparents um, that wanted to take care of the kids. And so we only, um, you know, started looking at adoption when it was clear that the kids couldn't go back with family and they were needing a forever family. And that's when we stepped forward and um, said, okay, if they need a forever family, you know, we're, we're here for them. So these two kiddos were the only two um that that they needed a forever family um, and so that's why we
1: adopted them oh that's wonderful i love your term kiddos as well is that your just own personal name or are a lot of kids called kiddos in foster care
0: um well so when we were doing our foster care classes um the lady who was training us who I absolutely adored. She had the most amazing heart, and she was so sweet. She would always call them kiddos, and I was like, I really like that because, I don't know, it just showed, like, care and value, and so I pretty much was like, I'm going to steal that. (laughs) That's pretty much my my now. Like, you can still use it, but I'm definitely using it then. And so ever since then, that's pretty much how I've started referring to them because I feel like it shows... I don't know, value and concern. And like, I just like it.
1: Yeah. I'm a tennis coach. So we used to call them like champ and I got that from a previous coach, but it gives you that like connection. And I, yeah, I, I sort of, I sort of, when I heard that, I thought it was very similar. Um, I wanted to ask as well, Ginger, your adopted children, do they still have any involvement with their biological parents? Um, they do not have any with their biological parents. My, um, Adopted
0: daughter does still have um, interaction and we get together with her, her biological brothers um, about every few months to keep that relationship strong and make sure they're still able to see each other and be a part of their lives. Unfortunately, both of the sets of biological parents were not able to stay in a healthy place where a relationship was going to be good for the kids. But I mean, it is something that they may, when they get older, want to pursue that. And so I would try to help them do that in a safe way if that's something that that they really wanted. Yeah,
1: there's so many things, even just chatting to you now, there's so many things that it's not just looking after the child, it's really thinking about their well-being and not just now, but down the track. Um, I guess, how did, yeah, how did you sort of keep up with it all? And is it just learning as you go? Does, I, I mean, seven years, does it get easier or? is each case its own experience?
0: I think there's certain aspects that get easier because I know more um, kind of what to expect. I, I really wish I would have gotten more training on trauma and how it affects the child's brain before I started, because I feel like I could have been a better foster parent at the beginning if I would have known a lot of these things. Um, but I do think in a lot of it is just I don't know figuring out what we what our family how our family can work in this situation and so I, I honestly don't know how much different that first year would have been but I know I would have been a lot more knowledgeable on how to help them and I'm also a lot more knowledgeable on how to fight for my kids when I feel like they're not getting what they need at the beginning I was more hesitant like I didn't know what steps do I go through like. Um, For instance, our first set of kids, I I really knew they needed to get into therapy, but I was having a really hard time getting that all approved and like getting everything, you know, to where it was um, I was able to set it up. And so it took months because I just didn't know like how to even fight it, where to go. Whereas like as we went in further, I I got more like where I was like, no, this is happening, and I know how to fight it, and. I will do what I feel like my kids need, like being more of that, like, you know, fighting for them kind of a thing. And so that definitely got better as I got more confident in the system and how it worked and all of that stuff.
1: Yeah, we were just talking about education as well. And you're now writing Uh, I'm getting published your children's book, My Patchwork Family, which is all about your family's experience and journey through the foster care system and adoption. What inspired you doing that book? So it actually started as a like
0: slideshow with pictures and a voiceover after our oldest daughter came to live with us and we knew we were going to end up adopting her. We did like a photo shoot so that she knew like she really felt like part of the family because the adoption process can take a long time and so we kind of wanted to make sure she knew like you're part of our family even if it's not you know forever yet like we're you know we're getting there and so i made this little video with pictures afterwards talking about how each person was a patch in our family's quilt and like things like that nice and then a little while later I was like oh I should write like a little story about it like be- just for my family and so I wrote a little story about it and I ha- I'm a high school math teacher and so I have a lot of friends that are English teachers a few of them proofread it for me and be like hey can you critique this little story I'm writing for my family and one of them in particular was like you really need to share this story like this this is a good story and at first I was like I don't know like I'm a math teacher i'm not a writer this is just for my family and i wasn't really ready to put it out there and have it you know critiqued by people in general and so I was like well i'll think about it and then it just kind of kept in the back of my mind and so i started kind of sending it out to publishers and none of them picked it up so i thought okay maybe this isn't supposed to be maybe this just be for my family and then earlier this year I was like, okay, I think it's just time. It's time to share the story. It's time to get it out there. And so I had one of my best friends who is also has an art degree do the illustrations and she did an amazing job. And um, then I started figuring out, so how do I self-publish? Because, you know, it hadn't gotten picked up. And so I found some groups, a few groups of children's books writers that self-publish and they helped me so much to with the whole process and so. Yeah, and then now we've got it printed and on the way and it still seems kind of surreal. Wow,
1: congratulations as well, that's so exciting. Thank you. Do you, you touched on it uh, just before, but in terms of adoption and we've spoken outside of this that you know the laws vary from country to country, but do you think that there sort of should be an improvement on the laws that they should be lax so people are able to more easily foster care and adopt children?
0: I was thinking about that since we talked and I don't know if I think the laws need to change but I do feel like there needs to be better support or maybe more social workers to help support the families when they're doing it because I'm not sure how it is in your country but our poor social workers are so overworked that it's almost impossible for them to fully support everyone on their caseload and so I feel like that would make a huge difference with helping people foster and adopt and be able to get through the rough spots in foster care because they're gonna come if they were able to be more supported by having workers that aren't so overworked that they can support them, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I feel like if there was something that I would change, if I had some sort of magic wand and I could, you know, change something, it would be it would be
1: that. And what is the goal with this book you've published? What do you hope it's sort of achieved or the message it can get out to people? So
0: there's kind of a few, I guess. The first one is I wanted to shine a light on the role of biological kids in foster and adoptive family. And just they're. I feel like a lot of times they're unsung heroes. People a lot of times will, you know, give my husband and I kudos and be like, you're doing great. And I do appreciate that, but I feel like our kids aren't given enough credit um, for sharing their house and, you know, their love and, you know, their family and their, their parents. And so I wrote it from my oldest biological son's perspective to kind of shine a light on that. And then the other part is just making kids that are from foster care and adoption, you know, feel like their stories being heard. Um, that people understand and appreciate their story and what that's like and so that other people just have a better awareness of that because I think sometimes when you don't know what that's like it's hard to support people that are doing
1: that yeah definitely and Ginger where can people find the book I know it's coming out in December um so I have a website right
0: now that is taking email addresses and then I'm going to email it as soon as it's out and I'll get the link for buying it. So it's just mypatchworkfamilybook.com and if you go there, you can put it in your um, email address and then also as soon as it's available for purchase, I'll put the link right on that site also.
1: Excellent. I'll put that link as well in our episode description. So people can get it i love that though because the traditional family is changing so i love that this is becoming a children's book so kids can grow up learning that it's not just you know this is what a family looks like it's uh you know different colors and shades (laughs) thanks so much ginger for joining me today thank you so much it was so good to talk to you I hope you enjoyed that episode with Ginger and learned a little bit more about the foster care system, its challenges, but also the rewarding aspects that come with it. If you did, make sure you rate and review it wherever you find your podcasts. And if you want to keep the conversation going, be sure to join our Facebook group, the Teach Me In 20 podcast Facebook group, where you get to ask the questions. See you next time.